It's May 21st, 2020, and we're here, and I think we have something very important to talk about. Very, very important to discuss, no question. Yeah. I want to talk about the movie Clerks. Clerks, legendary. Uh, fantastic film. CJ, why don't you introduce yourself to the crowd? Absolutely. My name is CJ LaRoche. I am formerly a stage manager and foreverly a lover of Kevin Smith films. Fantastic. My name is Andrew David Sotomayor, and I'm pawing my way through Kevin Smith's universe. And, uh, and CJ is coming on that journey with me. For those of you just tuning in, this is our very first episode. We were figuring it out and uh, keeping along with the grand tradition of new podcasts where the first episode sucks. I think I think, I feel good about this. I think we're going to nail it. I think we're going to nail it on the head, actually. Yeah, so. it's going to be fantastic. So let's, let's talk about Clerks, the real reason we're here today. The real reason we're here. Clerks, iconic film. Or is it? Or is it? Is it iconic? That's, I think that's what we're going to get to the bottom of. All right, then. Here we go. Yeah. A little dissension. All right. Yeah. So let's break it down. We're exploring Dante's life. We just follow these two people. Uh, I watched this with my fiancé the other day, and he was saying... Uh, I, I have such a special place in my heart for this movie, and the first thing he said to me was, they're just talking. Just talking. Just a, a couple of people and then more people in New Jersey, which I don't know if you've – have you spent a lot of time in New Jersey? I've done quite a bit of work. New Jersey has kept my lights on for many years. That's, that's very true, and I actually used to turn my lights on in New Jersey. I lived in a town called Aberdeen, New Jersey for a year with – my uh, an old girlfriend who was half Puerto Rican, half Italian. So she was New Jersey to the core. Her father was born and raised in Staten Island, uh, where we met, where I went to school. Uh, so when the first time that I watched this film, I felt like I sort of knew these people that were just talking. Right. Interesting. Right. And and I think that that is that is uh, the one of the most beautiful things about the film is that these people are from New Jersey. There's nothing even, – even the Russian guy is from New Jersey. That's legit. Do you know what's funny? I saw this movie when I was in high school and I was living in Florida. And uh, I, f- I feel like I saw Mallrats first because Mallrats was big on your HBOs and your Cinemaxes. Like mm. they were playing it a lot. Sure. And then uh, it was kind of like a – kind of like how we all saw Pulp Fiction and then we saw Reservoir Dogs. I saw Mallrats and then I saw Clerks. Absolutely. We all, saw, we all saw Pulp Fiction before Reservoir Dogs. Unless yeah, you were a true Tarantino head. There was no such thing there was as no a such Tarantino thing. head. Well, that's, an, that's for another episode. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So this movie, I saw this, I remember renting it. Uh, I feel like it was really bolstered by VHS, by the advent of VHS and by what it was. I think a lot of people got to experience it on VHS that weren't at, say, the Cannes Film Festival. I did see it on VHS for the first time. And like you, Andrew, I saw it after... Mall rats chasing Amy clerks. That was my journey. You went to the beginning. Yeah, wow, that, that was my journey. It's a beautiful thing. But I was living in Florida and I didn't know a lot of the things that were happening, but I loved it. I immediately took to his style of like having it's, you can be reductive and say it's just people talking because it kind of is. But at the same time, uh, I loved, I loved the chapter headings, which was so early nineties. And it's, it's a, Remained a staple of Tarantino's work. Um, and it's funny, the chapter titles, the 90s, and the Weinstein connection, how all of those things. I don't know if it's Smith and Tarantino or Weinstein being like, organize your thoughts. Who knows? Right. Who can say? 
we'll actually never get the answer to that question. Right. And those, those title cards, I think, I still don't know what they mean. So maybe we can shed some light on those as we go through this. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So Dante, he's just, he's not even supposed to be there. That's the whole running thing. He's not even supposed to be there. And he's kind of a despicable person. Yeah, he's the worst. Two yeah. girls, he, he's into two girls, can't make up his mind. He's, he's got one girl that had notoriously cheated on him. Mm-hmm. And we find out throughout the course of the movie that everybody knows. Absolutely. He was actually the last to know. He was the last to find out. And you said he's the worst, but I think actually maybe Randall may be a worse person. Randall may be worse. I see that. I see that take, but I think we're going to discover as we go on, at least Randall knows who he is. Randall knows, right? yes. Right. That's a great point. Whereas, whereas Dante does not know no, no clue. who he is. No clue. And, and actually, his sense of identity is different. So let's talk about the top of this film. Yeah. Uh, I love the first scene. It's I, horrifically shot, but he falls out of a closet and answers his phone. What is he doing in the closet? How, did, how could, he, could he have possibly fallen asleep in that position? I mean, I fell asleep in, in a similar position once in a hotel room in New Orleans, but I was in New Orleans, not in Red Bank. Yeah, how wasted. I mean, he, we find out later that he closed the shop, but like how wasted did he get after closing the shop that he laid down in his closet? And what time, what time does that Quickie Mart actually close? You know, little known fact about Clerks the film is that Kevin Smith used to work in that very shop and... And, you know, the reason that we find out right in the beginning that the locks have been uh, gum, right? Someone put gum in the lock gum, to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. open the window. That plot point exists because they could only shoot the film at night in the store from, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, whatever time that Quickie Mart closed until the morning. So they created that plot point for convenience to black out the windows so that, you know, we couldn't – we believe that it was daytime when in fact it was, you know – Overnight. That's amazing. I did not know that. And I pride myself in knowing all kinds of details like that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, going back to the girlfriend who lived in New Jersey, I needed to make sure that I knew a bunch of things about New, you, New, New Jersey. Jersey. Things. Yeah. And, you know, I was a, a theater major and I figured I should learn about New Jersey films and that would maybe impress her a little bit. That's, a, that, that's fascinating. So uh, watching the movie again after living in New York for 12 some odd years, uh, I understood a lot more. Having worked in Jersey, having worked specifically at South Jersey, like having a nice little Asbury Park life. I didn't even know what a bodega cat was. I always wondered why the shot lingered on the cat. Mm. And I was like, why are they showing me this cat? Why is there a cat in the store? And now I know what a bodega cat is and yeah. why there's a cat in the store. Some of my favorite cats in New York City are bodega cats. You should, you should see. I mean, it's like seeing my wife and seeing a bodega cat. They are neck and neck for how much my face lights up. My favorite cat is Judy Dench, but that's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets to the store and like things just kind of happen, right? They just kind of do things. There's the great bit with the, the who turns out to be the Truly's gum rep. Right off the bat, right off the bat, we're oh. getting we're getting hit in the face with smoking is bad, smoking is bad. This outlandish character, and you just see Dante's spirit get crushed minutes in. Immediately, immediately, he's, he's consistently overpowered by people with stronger opinions than him. Yeah, but so resolute in his own not being garbage. Yeah, yeah. Every character that enters the frame with him is 
in a position of authority above him, if you will. And stronger, and stronger characters almost. So there's the whole Chuli's gum uh, rep thing, and then Veronica comes to visit him. Yeah, and if that is, like I said earlier, that is New Jersey blasting through the door, out of your TV, into your living room, or wherever you happen to be watching this film. Here, here comes New Jersey. Oh, and there's a, a specific early 90s-ness to it. Do you know what I mean? There's, this is an interaction that could only happen in the early 90s, where we're not quite sex positive, where there's this whole very macho-ness thing happening. Like, their dynamic is so... She's, she is obviously in charge of this relationship, but he is dragging his feet, and she is still going along for it. She changed colleges to be closer to him. She's trying to get him to not be garbage. She's putting so much effort into him. It's a very... She wants him to improve his life. Yes. And, and we, we, don't, we don't really know. We, we sort of, I mean, I sort of feel for him in the beginning of the film as she's, you know, sort of nagging him along. And, and I, you know, you're looking at the film and you don't realize the guy is 22. You think he's like 32. It's true. And, you know, in this position. And, and, and you think, well, yeah, I mean, it is, she is nagging him, but she has a point. Uh, and then you go back and, and, you know, when you watch it later and you realize from the jump that he's 22, you're like, hey, give the guy, you know, leave the guy alone, give the guy a break. You don't know what he's doing behind her back at the time. And we don't know what he's doing behind her back, but he sure does give her shit about the 36 dicks. He cannot he handle, handle it. it. He, he can't handle it. However many women... He had had sex with, and I think if she had said, I've had sex with, you know, 11 people, he may have been fine with that. But he couldn't handle yeah, blowjobs, was, which, was, which was so interesting. His fragility is put right up to the forefront in that moment. And why he's always a grass is greener kind of guy. Why he would rather choose somebody that is abusive, essentially. Caitlin is terrible to him. Caitlin, Caitlin's awful. But he'd rather be in that. And he knows that's the beautiful thing. He knows that she's cheated on him multiple times. But he, he just can't, get, he can't commit to Veronica. There's something about a woman putting her head in another guy's lap rather than sitting on another guy's lap naked. That's one of the best conversations. That fight is so good. Fascinating. Uh, he says something, I'm paraphrasing horribly, but he says something like, uh, now every time I kiss you, I'm going to taste 36 dicks. Yeah. <laughs> 37, including you, Dante. You know, on the, on the rewatch, you know what I was shocked about? I was shocked at how late Randall comes into the picture because Randall figures so prominently in the actual arc of the story and in the mythos surrounding the clerk's characters. Randall Graves is, like, very important. Randall shows up a little bit late. Very late. Very late to open the video store. Love the video store. I remember I spent, in my, in my youth, so much time in a video store and those hard black cases... And it was so weird because it was Blockbuster that started the whole the – the, the actual like paper cases up front and you take the case behind it. Whereas like your, your suburban ones always had like the black case thing. Yeah, they, they put them in the black cases to send you out the door. The factory you know, retail presentation was you know, uh, wrapped in plastic and out on the shelf and you, you took that to the front counter and they gave you the black case. We're dating ourselves, Andrew. A little bit. We're totally dating ourselves. We're obviously men of a certain age. I, 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 I will say this. Uh, I, I did want to be Randy from Scream for most of my life. Randy was the tall... The video store clerk. Oh, the, the good guy. Not one of the two killers. I, right. right. Yeah, no, not one of the two killers. Yeah, yeah. 
I really wanted to be a video store clerk so bad. And so it's funny. I, I had that feeling and like, I, I identify with Randall. I thought it was so cool to work at a video store. It's such a cool boy's job. Yeah, for know? sure. And he was such a, he was such a dick about it. Like, yeah, he, the whole, the whole thing with the customer up front where he pretends to be a customer is like, I'm going to get that video first for no reason. Like, yeah, yeah. Just to mess around again, New Jersey. See, but Randall is free. This is what I love about Randall. Randall is free. And you can count on him to always do Randall. Yeah. yeah. He's going to he's, – he's keeping a 100 all the time. He's bad with customers and, and Dante loves to like yell at him and give him shit for it. But Randall's consistent. He is, he is who he is and that's what he is. And what you see is what you get. I agree. I'm here for it. So I, I feel like the turning point in this film is the infamous – Return of the Jedi conversation. I was just going to say that 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 is the ultimate, and it may it may go into my my award later. I'm 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 sort of hung up between two moments in the film. This is one of them to give my special award, which the audience the audience doesn't know about the special award. But no, I don't even know your special all, award. Trust me, all the the CJ special award is is for lack of a better term. Amazing. You thought I was going to say special. I did. I did. You sent me yeah. up for it. They all did. All 17 people that may be listening to this because we made them. Listen, we should be so but lucky for those 17. We should be so lucky. That is, that is a, a moment where Kevin Smith, who we all know, anyone who knows anything about Kevin Smith or Star Wars knows that Kevin Smith loves Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And for him to get that moment into his movie – and the way that he did it, it was seamless. It, it, it wasn't forced. He ha- has obviously been thinking about Randall's theory for a long time. And he just wanted to put it out there. And I give him an A plus for the way that he did that. Oh, it was amazing. Well, fun fact. Kevin Smith wrote Randall for himself. Modeled after Randall. Even though he was a clerk. Even though he was a clerk in the store. He actually modeled himself up, modeled Randall after himself. Okay. I like yeah. that. He, well, he was actually going to – there was a point in pre-production where he was going to play Randall. Oh, wow. OK. He was going to play Randall and I believe the actor that ended up playing Rick Darris was going to play Dante. Cool. What Bill Simmons would call a casting what if. Hey, Bill. God bless My him. Fave. Yeah, you, God I know bless. You love, I know you love Bill Simmons. Huge fan. Bill, if you're listening, keep up the good work. Yeah. Fight the good fight. Living for it. Work out to your stuff every day. That sounds weird. That sounds weird that I said that. Yeah, it's OK. It's okay. You're just living that Bill Simmons quarantine life. <laughs> That's a thing. That's a thing now. So, hot take. Do you feel like that because of this conversation is why Attack of the Clones clarified who was working on the Death Star? I have heard of that. Yes, I have I'm not that. sure it's true, but I buy it. Because this, everybody was talking about this conversation. Yeah. I have heard if that. If the movie... Feel what you want to feel about the movie. This turning point conversation really does elevate the movie to, to a beautiful level. Uh, Jeff playing Randall is fantastic. Yep. He's a great actor. I think he's the best actor of, of the whole thing. He's definitely coming at you with – they're all young and new and he's definitely coming at you with the highest quotient of raw materials. Yeah. Like yeah. he really owns his space on camera. It's a beautiful thing. He's so – funny what's yeah. this what's the scene where he says i think i can see your kidneys come <laughs> it's just his delivery is so good yeah yeah he he had he had the the cadence down he knew exactly who 
Randall was and how Randall sounded. And, yeah. and he nailed it. So he comes in and he's talking about the, the, all the workers, the construction workers on the Death Star who were not necessarily employed by the Empire but lost their life that day. And then the construction worker just happens to be there. That's one of several times in the show where what either a customer is, is there present or is buying something that relates to the conversation that is happening, right? They're talking about the Death Star construction workers later. Uh, the, the woman who, <laughs> who manually masturbates animals, she's buying jerky. You know, and these, this, these are not accidents. You know, we, we, no, we know Kevin Smith. Great, these, these are not accidents. Some great details. Yeah. So this is a turning point, the Death Star conversation. It's a huge turn point. I need to walk it back for real quick, though, because one thing we did skip over when we went to Randall's entrance is Jay and Sullen Bob actually get introduced before Randall. Right. Right. And that's and that's unique. And they they end up factoring into the VSQ universe later in a, in a fun way. And here they're kind of played for like comic effect. But he does kind of set up that Silent Bob doesn't say anything until it's important right. early on while right. we're watching Jay just be like who's saying some very nasty homophobic things. And active... Right, act, coming out hot, too. Active set dressing. Okay. I, don't, I, don't, I believe the actor that played Jay, I think he's just Jay, right? I think that that's just who that guy is. Jason Mewes? No. Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes. Jason Mewes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he that's, is. He's that's, another one we see become a better actor over the course of the next few films. Right. As he hones in on who he is. Yeah. As a person it's, it's and an actor. So we're in the second we're in the second chunk of the movie, right? Because I, I, I say the, the Death Star conversation turning points because it's after the Death Star that we decide to close the shop to play hockey. Right. That's that's it's really the first time that Dante takes control of his own destiny. Yeah, he was supposed to play hockey. He finds out his boss actually dicked him over, went to Vermont. Yeah. And uh and yeah, and it's interesting because Dante like actually makes a decision. He's gonna do it. He's gonna He's gonna do it. Take hold of his of his life. And for an hour or so, he's going to go up on the roof and play hockey. Yeah, but it only lasts 12 minutes. Right. That's not even that's, – that's a little over half a period. That's three periods. There's three periods in hockey. Anyone listening, there's three periods in hockey. There's <laughs> four quarters in a basketball game, four quarters in a football game, two halves in a soccer game, nine innings in a baseball game. Somebody misses sports. Look at that. They'll come back. They'll come back, CJ. They'll come back. You promise? I do. Okay, great. I do. You heard it here first. So listen, so he, see now, and he, he dips his toe into being his own man because he says temporarily closed the open after first period. Do you know what I mean? It's such a like, it's a halfway cop out. It's like, I'm going to be upstairs. I'll see somebody come in. It's all going to be okay. Right. Right. But then he, he gets in a fight with a customer the ball gets knocked off the roof. Right. The customer like, does it on purpose, which we never really address in the film. That he absolutely no. goes up there with – I think that that guy goes up there. He was driving a Trans Am or something. He goes up there with the yeah. intent of making them lose the ball, knocking Dante on his ass, making them lose the ball. And again, this is a moment where Dante is, is just so – you just you feel for the guy because the guy knocked him on his butt on the face-off. Then he knocks the ball off the roof, and we find out that he doesn't have a ball. There's no, there's no extra ball. There's no extra balls, and it's everybody else's fault. Yeah, right. But he doesn't do anything about it. You know, why doesn't yeah. he walk over to that guy and be like, yo, you just did this. You, you've wronged me. 
it's like, no, okay, we don't have it. I'm going to go cry about it and go back to work, back in the store. Yeah. Where everything is happening to me as opposed to me taking charge of my own destiny. Yeah. No, he's a victim. Yeah. He's a victim, but then he finds out about the death of Julie Dwyer, a death also that ends up factoring into every single VSQ Universe movie. Yeah. In a hysterical way. And closes the store again. Yeah, it was a great scene we never got at the funeral home because they ran out of money. Did you ever see the animated one? No. So remember the Clerks the Animated Series? Of course. I remember it. I didn't see it. I never watched I, it. I knew I it existed. I every single episode. It was great. And it was a post-Dogma world. So you had, um, what's his name that played Metatron? Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Oh Alan Rickman Lord. did a voice on it. May he rest in peace. They, they had a character named Leonardo Leonardo, I believe. It was very, I remember being in high school and loving it. It was very, very funny. Um, but for the 10th anniversary release of Clerks, what they did was they animated that scene with the animation style from Clerks the Animated Series. Amazing. And like, we must Alyssa check that Jones, out. Alyssa Jones is at the funeral. They got Joey Lauren Adams back to voice her. It's, it's pretty spectacular. It's ridiculous. When you watch it, it's like there was no way you had budget to film this. Like, <laughs> you have, you've got to have extras. You've got to have a coffin fall over. Like, it's, it's honestly more interesting when they made it uh, Tarantino's briefcase. Like, mm. it's better that I don't know what's in it. You're right. I trust that the director and the characters know what happened in there. It's, it's, I learned nothing from watching Velocity, even though I, was, I enjoyed watching it. It's a great moment in the film because you see them walking in. And then you see them running away and people chasing <laughs> after them. So and, and, and at that point, you've, you're buying it. You've bought into the movie. You know? yeah, so you're totally. there and you're fine that you don't know, actually know what happened. Like you said, it's just – and it's filmed wonderfully. Seeing them like, just like run out. Yeah, from a low you – know, the camera's on that low angle and then, and then they're in the car. And suddenly though, the thing that, that always bothered me and it bothered me on the, on the rewatch as well is we drive away and it's light out. And then we get back to the store and it's pitch black. Yes. No I did, transition. Yeah. No transition for me there. It's, it's nighttime all of a sudden. I yeah. did notice that on the rewatch. I didn't while I was first watching it. Of course not. Maybe because, maybe because I was too young. We're watching it again. I, I, did, I did notice that. Yeah. Purely technical. Purely technical thing to say there. Yeah. But I still, I still love it. The Julie Dwyer funeral sequence is so good. Um, Dante wears glasses when he drives. And I love that about him. He has driving glasses. Isn't that cute? Very good. Yeah. I yeah. loved his driving glasses. So then you have another period. Then they're just kind of like, this is the middle part of the movie where like just things, things keep happening. And we've skipped so much. Like they've they talked about the milkmaids. They've talked about all the freaky like denizens that come into the, in, into the quick stop. Yeah. An RST video. The egg guy, the egg man. The egg man. Yeah. And then when yeah. they get back, to the store, Randall wants to borrow Dante's car to go to a to the good video store. To the good video store. Yeah, because he wants to get the better porno. Oh, and, and we skipped over the, the long list of pornography videos that... Oh, Happy Scrappy Hero Pup, that whole thing? Yeah. That Randall he's needed to order. He's already established that he's got a collection at the theater, but he yeah. wants the... What does he want? Best of both worlds? Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. And another... Not, uh, not that it's a horrible porn, just like that he's so vocal about it. Another funny behind the scenes is uh, Randall, the actor, got that list and actually asked Kevin Smith to take some of those names off of it because he felt self-conscious. 
about saying all those names out loud and apparently uh, gave the list, had the conversation with Kevin like right before shooting, gave the list to Kevin. And I think in true Silent Bob fashion, Kevin added more names and gave the list back to him. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. What was, the, what was the video you wanted? Happy Scrappy Hero Pup. It's so funny. I love the scene of Randall falling to his knees at what's probably like a blockbuster or a Hollywood. Do they have Hollywood video in Jersey or is that just a Florida thing? No, Hollywood video definitely made it to the Jersey. I made it to Staten Island, so it must have made it to New Jersey. Yeah. I remember Hollywood video was pretty, it was pretty cool, but it was. It was the competitor. It was the scrappy little competitor to blockbuster. Yeah. You know, I had, I had the dual memberships because heaven forbid they don't have something at blockbuster. You just dip over to Hollywood video. Sometimes they didn't. See, mine was a blockbuster movie gallery. Okay. We had a movie gallery, and that was the other one. And, and movie gallery was red, blockbuster was blue. It was it was a thing. Video VHS culture. We have to have a whole episode on VHS culture because that shaped my movie, my movie viewing. It shaped these early '90s directors' careers. Being able to go to a video store and take in things that only got limited releases. Like, rent, rent the movie straight to video. It wasn't yeah. a bad thing back in the no. day. It Back wasn't an day, insult. No. It was. It was. It was okay. Your video was. You know. Your movie was going to get out there. People were going to be able to rent it. You were going to be. You know. You were going to be seen. That's, that's the was, most important was, thing for an artist. Oh yeah, and it was. It was pre mockbusters because then they started when video store culture became popular. Then you had the filmmakers that would make cheap versions of A list movies and send them straight to that. That's when being sent straight to video became a thing. Right. Like the Tales from the Crypt three. <laughs> it happened. It really happened. We've got off topic. We've we have. We've off topic. We have, which I think we're going to do a lot. We're going to do that a lot, I think. I think so. But I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy about it because I feel like the conversation is vibrant, CJ. I feel like Absolutely. it's vibrant. It's alive. It's moving. Absolutely. It's like being out with us at a bar. You know, you, just, very... you just never know what we're going to talk about and if we're going to listen to anything you have to say. That's what yeah, it's like. I might, I might just be thinking about what I'm going to say next, honestly. <laughs> and at any given point, it's, it's an option. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're in the act three situation of uh, Rick Darris comes in, calls Dante out of shape. Yes. But, but like they – he talks about Dante like Dante is morbidly obese. Like it's really uncalled for. Yeah. And yep. he's actually super skinny. This is what killed me. Like I was like, you're just wearing a big sweater. Yeah, he's not he's not gonna be confused for a world's strongest man. He does not have a bodybuilding competition to be at the next week. He's just a little guy. Yeah. You know, not even I mean I shouldn't say little. He's he's just a guy who's not fat. But Dante is not even remotely fat. And that's coming from a fat guy, you know, or <laughs> Formerly a fat guy. I've lost a lot of weight in quarantine. You know, quarantine looks good on me. You look fantastic. Well, you stop You look it. good on quarantine. You stop it. Keep coming. Keep coming. <laughs> but to your point, he does. He, he, he lays into him. And then here comes – here. Now, was the girl there? For, no, the girl shows up and then they start talking about Caitlin. Yeah. And that's when Dante finds out everything. Well, they shit on Caitlin hard. And like, I don't remember when the conversation happens that you find out that Dante cheated on Caitlyn or Caitlyn cheated on Dante with Dante by accident once. Which is a little bit of foreshadowing. It certainly is in a beautiful way, actually. That's, and that is some good writing. That's where you can see that Kevin Smith is like, we watch over the course of his career, we watch his films improve. 
in, 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 in really magnificent ways, but there's something so special and raw about his, his eye for threads with that little thread that gets cast off in one of his many just long conversations. Yeah, just a little, just a little nugget that if you were listening to it, it's a laugh moment, but you, it's, it's in and it's out and it, it doesn't come back until later and you didn't even see it coming. It's, it's really, really good. I really, really love it. Oh, and then this is where he gets his, uh, he gets his summons. Right. Another, another passing by moment because you see Randall is earlier in the film is sitting at the counter reading probably a nudie magazine. Sells, definitely. sells a four-year-old is a stretch for that kid being yeah. four, but fine. Uh, sells <laughs> it's a, pack, a good joke though. It's such a good number. Sells a pack of cigarettes to a little girl and you're like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. But little, little do you know, here comes the old man later on from the, the health board, board of health. Or from the state was called by the board of health, doesn't really matter. And he – because Rick Darris and the girl are sympathizing with Dante a little bit about Caitlin and his, in his situation. Yeah. And then they find out that he's getting a summons for selling cigarettes to a little kid. Dante wasn't supposed to be there, didn't sell the cigarettes, but now he owes 500 bucks for selling cigarettes to a minor. It's a mess. Thank you, Randall. Randall's such a dick. <laughs> and then we get to Caitlin visiting and like, that's really where like everything is like culminating. Like yeah. Caitlin herself actually comes, she's going to answer to Dante finding out about the engagement. She's going to like all yeah. that stuff, all the things that you've heard. And like, it was kind of heartbreaking to really realize now that I'm, I'm in a relationship and like I'm older, I can understand the severity of the fact that he's been talking to Caitlin late at night on the phone. For the past two weeks, behind his girlfriend's back. Behind I understand Veronica's now back. that that is inappropriate that he did that. It's emotional cheating. And he's developed an emotional attachment to, to Caitlin. It's a, a terrible re- thing. A reattachment. And so she comes back. And we finally get to see her. We've just yeah. been hearing about her this whole time. Wondering if we'll ever see her. And the way he sets that up too, where Dante is walking a, a, you know, away from the camera... And then the door opens and he turns, Caitlin, cut to a different scene. Yeah. Cut, I think, across to the, to the video store with Randall and Veronica. Video store. Where Randall yeah. is, is attempting to do his boy a favor, but he, it's actually, he does him a great, great disservice in the end. Randall is consistent. I, Randall's giving you Randall. And I, I love that after the fight, he says that. He's like, you literally told me you're incapable of making your decision. So I told her. That you choose, Caitlin. I did it for you. I did it for you. I was helping you. So Caitlin, so they're, they decide they're going to go on this date. So Caitlin goes to the bathroom. Dante goes home to change. Yeah. But, but before she goes to the bathroom, Randall and her have a conversation. And you see just how, how good a friend Randall is when he tells yeah. Caitlin, if you break his heart again, I'll kill you. I'll kill you, or yeah. Or something along no. those lines. So yeah, but Randall really cares about Dante. He does. Like, as a terrible person as he is, he really cares, and he's very, very loyal. All right, so you're Dante. You're working at the quick stop. This guy needs to take a shit in the bathroom. Yeah, it's... Do you give him the nudie mag and sell him, like, he's obviously going to go to masturbate. Right, it's just, it's been, it's been a horrible day so far. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing is going right. You f- uh, the woman of my dreams is, is going to get married to uh, an Asian... What is it? An Asian design major. Design major. An Asian design major. And yeah, I mean, if that guy wants to go 
rub one out in the bathroom, I'm not really concerned. It's not, you know, I'm, I don't have a lot invested in the Quickie Mart. Okay. You know, I, I, he's an older, an older gentleman. You got to respect your elders. You know, I, I don't know, man. Like, I certainly I mean, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't not check on him. He's been there all afternoon. Yep. He's in the dead. bathroom. Dead in the bathroom. We find out yeah. dead in the bathroom. Dead in the bathroom. Yeah, but I'm definitely has... I'm not I'm not gonna give him the toilet paper, just so we're clear. Like I'm gonna make him okay. buy the toilet paper. You know what? And I actually I'd like to amend my statement from earlier. I'm gonna make him buy all okay. the things. I'm gonna make him I'm gonna I'm gonna make him buy all the things. So if he buys all the things, he can go and like use the bathroom. Yeah, he's gotta pay for them. Gotta pay for them. How how busy is this quick stop that Dante does not notice? That he never comes out of the bathroom. I think he it's doesn't how, look that busy. I think it's how busy Dante is in his brain. Got it. I, you know, I think he's, that he's, he's worried about Caitlin's engagement. Julie Dwyer just died. He can't play hockey. His whole day is yeah. flutter. He's not noticing the man in the bathroom. Yeah. By the time three thirty, by the time three thirty rolls, you know the guy's been there since six. Yeah. He he gets there. There's gum in the locks. He, he gets bombarded with the cigarette guy. He finds out that his his girlfriend is a habitual blowjobber. You know, I mean, habitual. That is not fair, CJ. We will not be slut shaming Veronica. We're not going to slut shame her, but let's just say that if she's 22 and she's given 36 blowjobs, let's say she started giving blowjobs when she was seven, uh, 17. <laughs> seven. Right? seven. 17. Let's say she started giving blowjobs when she was 17. Uh-huh. That's 36. You know, that's 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 six to seven blowjobs a year. That's habitual. Listen, hashtag I support Veronica. I listen. I nothing was said in a negative way, but in Dante's brain, remember we're talking about Dante and not in okay, our. Okay, okay, I see. I see. In I see. Dante's brain, his girlfriend is a habitual blowjobber. Yeah, and he can't handle that. <laughs> blowjobber is that a word? It is now because we've recorded it. <laughs> we've we've set it to a bed of music. Yeah. Blowjobber. It's a thing. It's so musical. It's musical. It scans. <laughs> it scans. So that's the that's the the point is is it's been such a long and, and arduous day for this man that this old guy is gonna go and rub one out fine. You know, whatever. I'm not even yeah, supposed to whatever. be here today. Ah, I love that line. So good. Yeah. Alright, so Caitlin has sex with this guy that's rubbing one out in the bathroom. And then she comes out and she's like, mm, Dante. I like the way she comes out with her like weird like boats. It's like a bow tie. What is she wearing? She's wearing some weird 90s thing. There's a lot of weird going on with her outfit. Yeah. And it's in black she's and got white. Some, like, right. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, he let me take control. And then like Dante walks in looking fresh from his date with, with that Argyle sweater moment. That is, it's what Classic. 1992 looks like. Absolutely. Like. Honestly, it's what 1992 looks like. That beautiful, beautiful sweater. It's she a looks classic. Amazing. It's a classic look. And when she first comes out of the bathroom, you 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 know right away that she's had sex. Yeah. But you, CJ anyway, did not remember the old guy. I don't remember the old guy either. Didn't remember I the old guy. I thought she was just a hoe. Just and a hoe. There's, there's been so much dialogue saying that she's a hoe. I was like, she's out here banging people in convenience store bathrooms too? Yeah. She's like, just – she's had sex with somebody who was back there. Yeah. Which we which is fine. Which is fine. We have no problem with her having no, sex no. with anyone in the bathroom. I say live. Right. Do your thing, everybody. Yeah. Be be fruitful and multiply. But just make sure that you know who it is 
Because she didn't. She didn't. It was dark and she didn't check. My thing is this. Again, maybe Dante and Caitlyn deserve each other because Dante is so self-involved, doesn't remember the old man never coming out. Caitlyn's so self-involved, no response from that human body, just also, the hard-on. Also doesn't remember that she cheated on him once before in this manner, thinking it was him. Yeah. You know, when, you, when you're about to go on a date with someone who this has happened to you before you had sex with a stranger or not a stranger, but with somebody else in the dark, turn the light on, girl. Yeah, she doesn't learn. She no. does not learn. No, and ends up exactly where I believe she should be in the end. Freaking out in the back of an ambulance. Is it plausible that they would make her share the ambulance with him? Or is that just good comedy? That is just great comedy. It's, it's so good. Her face. Shook. She's shook. And we didn't even know that that was a term in 1994. But she was shook. She was, she was legit shook. Yeah. And so it's after this that we get the iconic first Bob line ever. Oof. That's a good one too. Lasagna. Million fine looking women in the world. They don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. And he's out the door. And honestly, now that we've had a whole plethora of that moment for Silent Bob, it doesn't really get that moment in Dogma, but they set up that beat for him often. We've, we come to expect it from these VOC Universe movies. Yeah, it's a slam dunk moment. It's the, it's the best one still. It's Jordan still. from the foul line. It's, you know, anybody can come along and any, any, for those of you who don't know, in the 1985 slam dunk contest, 85 or 84, it doesn't matter, Michael Jordan took off from the foul line, which is many feet away from the rim, slammed the basketball, and it was one of the most iconic moments in NBA slam dunk history, sports history, etc. I think that this first silent bob knowledge drop you know we did it we did it several times after but it never it was never as satisfying as that very first time that you saw this guy speak and just completely blow Dante's mind and changes the course of the film and now I realize how wrong I was earlier that's the moment where he realizes what he has and Veronica then Veronica dumps him. Yes, of course. Because, and then Dante and Randall get into their huge fight. That's the order of events. Right. I, 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 it's hard to track because it is such an and-then movie. But I will say that while I love this movie and I think it's great, uh, that's, uh, there's some stuff that's absolutely hamstrung by its budget, his experience as a filmmaker. But there are a few spectacularly rewatchable moments. And Kevin Smith's delivery of that lasagna line is it's always good. It, yeah, he just nails it. Like, he, it's your brother, it's your father, it's your aunt, it's your cousin Julie's moment where you can't, you cannot in any way, shape, or form see exact two feet in front of your own face, and they're sitting there at two and a quarter, and they just throw that 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 information nugget at you, and all of a sudden, you know, the world makes sense, and that's I think that's what happens in that movie where you're in this uh, crazy world. That woman just fucked a guy in the bathroom, a dead guy, who had yeah. a who had an erection lasting longer than four hours, mind you. He should have called his doctor. He was dead. But she's just fucked a dead guy, and 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 you just can't you can't imagine that anything in this world makes sense until Silent Bob is no longer silent, and now suddenly it's crystal clear what needs to happen. It's so good. And it sets up the dynamic, the, the enduring dynamic of Jay saying too much 
with no substance and Silent Bob saying what needs to be said. Yeah. He speaks when it's important. How did Jay and Silent Bob meet? That's explained at the beginning of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Then we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. But those two, those two folks, the, 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 their pairing is, is, is iconic. Their pairing, Jay and Silent Bob's pairing, is iconic. And I don't think that anyone can argue with that. Hot take. More people know Jay and Silent Bob than have seen these movies. Absolutely. Like, you know that look. They, they were so popular that they had a cameo in Scream 3. Out of the blue. Out of nowhere. And it yeah. felt okay. It wasn't jarring. Yeah. It well, wasn't jarring. Scream jar- 3 was goofy as all hell. So. Yeah. It wasn't jar-jarring. Jar-jar. God rest. Uh, so then Randall really lays into him. And this is where they both have their identity crisis. Randall's like, I know exactly who I am. And I do me, and it feels good. You think you're better than everybody, and, you're, and your shit is all fucked up. And you think that the world is just happening to you, and you're not yeah. doing it, and you don't do anything about it. And I tried to do something for you. Yeah. He has this, no agency. No agency. Right. No At least self- Randall makes decisions. He's like, hey, I need your car. I got to go buy a video that I want. Yeah, he's... That's a dick move, but at the same time, who got the video he wanted? Randall. Yeah. 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 Randall is unafraid. Dante is unafraid. Is, Dante is is very afraid. But through this conversation, I think it, I think something starts to to click inside of Dante, and I think I think that as we as we approach the end of the film, we we have hope. We have hope for Dante. That he may be able to patch things up Veronica he, with Veronica. He may be able to get, go back to school. He may be able to, to start taking charge of his own life going forward. Yeah. No, it, it ends hopeful. I feel like he's learned some kind of lesson. And it's, it's good. And then the, the great when, when Randall just tosses the, the I sure you were open sign in at the end. It's like you're close. At the end. It's, so, it's, so, it's a perfect ending. It's I love that that's not the original ending. Oh, it's, the original ending. How how different this conversation would have been, how this conversation may not have happened at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That no, that's no, that, that is absolutely the ending. It's so good. It's the right tone. It's, right. it's perfect. All right. It is, what, it is perfect. What really, really worked about this movie for you? It could be one scene. It could be a big picture thing. It could be, I think I'm going to go, I, I think I'm going to hark back to what I said at the beginning is that this film takes place in New Jersey and there's no question for me that these people are from New Jersey. Mm. And that's not to say that people in New Jersey are crazy or that people in New Jersey lack direction or that people in New Jersey uh, share the characteristics of the characters in the film in general. However, I knew exactly where I was the second time that I watched this movie after having lived in New Jersey and and spent so much time in Staten Island. I knew exactly where I was and who exactly I was watching. And I think for a movie to be set somewhere, you have to believe that those people inhabit that world. And there is Mm. no question in my mind that those people inhabit that place in time in the mid 90s. I love it. For me, uh, it's the, the conversation, the, his, 
that that type of conversation ends up becoming that's very indicative of that class of director, you know, mm. and it's something he he boldly steps away from at times, and then when you get back to it, it 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 really feels it really feels right. It's such a good the the banter, the level of banter, and also uh, I, I was an overnight clerk at CVS for a while. Well, you learn something new every day. Well, listen, this is what friendship is about. I was an overnight clerk, and honestly, that overnight manager knows more about me than some of my best friends do, because that banter and that conversation is is real. You get really, really, really dark about stuff, and uh, oh my god, and we we got robbed. I fell asleep behind the eyeliners one night. Like, it, I, I, maybe that's why I have a closeness to this movie because I did live a. A similar Florida version of this you, life at you one had, point. You had a, a unique uh, relation to the experience of those people. I well, want to know. I want to know why the eyeliners. What were you doing back there with the eyeliners? Here's the thing. Do you know those big eyeliner kiosks? Sure. That have like all the different colors and they rotate. Oh, absolutely. Do you know those don't come full, CJ? Somebody has to put the eyeliners in there. And you did, but you fell asleep whilst restocking the eyeliner carousel. I did. Okay. I did. But it is somebody's job to put those eyeliners in there. And I I laid down. I'd gone to a water park. This is the most Florida story I could ever tell you. I'd gone to a water park earlier that day with my sister, and my shift started at 6 p.m. I did the 6 p.m. to to 6 a.m. Wow. Long shift. 12-hour graveyard. Yeah. That started well before the graveyard. That's, that started. The yeah. sun was still out when that shift started. Oh yeah, it was. Wow. It, oh yeah, it was a bit of a situation, but we did it. But we did it. But yeah, fell asleep behind the eyeliners once. There you go. Proud Not of you. pretty. Used to eat, used to eat Vienna sausages for my lunch break because I couldn't leave my register because there was only one clerk. And that clerk was you. And that was me. God bless. Yeah. Oh, so many stories. What needs work about this movie? What what doesn't work? What didn't hold up on the rewatch for you? The thing that did not hold up for me was the pacing of the film mm-hmm. and uh, the editing. So pacing and or editing in turn the pacing. It was very choppy, mm-hmm. and I think that if it was a little, it didn't feel seamless. Yeah. One scene, one scene to the next, I felt like I was sort of watching, and maybe that was the point. Maybe that was his vision. But I felt like I was watching little vignettes, and it all didn't really tie together for me as, it, as the film moves along. It was a, it was a very choppy ride. Um, it was. It was. And, and what's funny is, whereas like your Tarantino is going to give you five chapters, uh, this movie has like 17 chapters. Right. It's, it's a lot of scenelets. A lot of scenelets, and they're 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 all. I think they're all great. You know, I don't know. I don't know what ones you you lose, but I think if there was just a little bit more, if you had a little bit more of a transition between them, you yeah, know, it wasn't just scene, 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 title card, scene, 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 title card. You know, I think that that could have that could improve the sort of watchability of the film. Yeah. I think it's interesting to know that Clerks 2 does not break into chapters. He, he abandons that for his, when he returns to these characters. I don't think, does he ever, he names the characters in Dogma, but he never really does 17 chapters again. This was the only time he really does something like that where it's so segmented. Right. 
Right. And I think that was, I don't know whose idea that was, if that was something that he did just to sort of break it up or was there, was there a, was there an idea behind that? Maybe it's youth. Maybe he just didn't know. We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. I wrote my first song when I was 13 and my father told me it was terrible and I thought it was good. So I didn't know it was bad until somebody smarter than me told me it was bad. And if your dad told you, you know, you know, you, how you and I feel about dads, he was right. That song sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. He was protecting me. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? What do you think? What do you think needs work on, on Kevin Smith's clerks? Do you know what really, uh, what I didn't get on board with is for as iconic as they become, I just feel like Jay and Silent Bob stay removed from the action and they get trotted out when necessary. You know, like they have a whole big introduction. And then as soon as Randall comes on the scene, we're just following Dante and Randall around and, until like there's the berserker sequence, which is beautiful. Beautiful. My love for you is like a truck berserker. Oh, so funny. So good. And the, 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 the breakdancing moment later, which I, I am convinced, I am convinced, I don't know if you watched the show Letterkenny, but there are characters in Letterkenny that hang out in front of a convenience store and they dance and they rave and they are just Jay and Silent Bob and friends in front of the Quickie Mart. I know, I know that that is where uh, Letterkenny got this, these characters of the skids. Absolutely. Well, we, uh, there's, a, there's a great line in, uh, and I'm speaking about seven episodes ahead, but there's a, there's a great line in Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot where somebody says, who is it, Harold and Kumar? Harold and Kumar. And, and another character goes, no, it's the Jay and Silent Bob. But like that, that dynamic, they started that. Like they're, yeah. they're your stoner Abbott and Costello. And do you think that I, – I can't imagine You know, it's like when, when George Lucas – wrote Star Wars. He didn't know that Anakin Skywalker was going to be Darth Vader and that that relationship of Darth Vader to Luke Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader to the Emperor. He didn't know any of that. He didn't know that that character was going to play such a, a prominent role in the six films. Do you, do you think Kevin Smith had an idea that Jay and Silent Bob were going to become what Jay and Silent Bob became? I don't think anyone could have ever thought that, but I will say this, something that's so unique that we never talk about with Kevin Smith enough is that everyone wants to applaud, like, I keep comparing him to Tarantino because it's just the same era in my head, you know, the same era of filmmaker, even though what, uh, Reservoir Dogs is like 92 and this is 94. Sure. Clerks is 94, yeah. Sure. But like, Kevin Smith comes out the gate with this movie that's so weird and so it didn't look like anything we had ever seen before. And at the end of the credits, it says Jay and Silent Bob will return in Dogma. Yes. <laughs> and so I don't think he knew how big it would get, but he did film this with an, an extended idea. universe in mind. And his idea that, that the next one was going to be Dogma, the special effects laden monstrosity that that movie ended up being. The fact that he thought that this black and white film was going to garner me enough Hollywood support to be able to make that. It's just, it's a strong power move on his part. Sure. You know, yeah. so do, do I think, to answer your question, do I think he knew it was going to be that? No. But he did start out with an extended universe in mind. 
And and the I mean, can can we say that Jay and Silent Bob are basically C three PO and R two D two? We could. I think we they are. Could. We I think they could. are. Now that I think about it, and they're and just like they they're strewn throughout all of the movies. I think yeah. there are are casual MacGuffin. There they are. Yeah, and I I truly believe that Jay could read Sith. If he wanted to, he wouldn't need reprogramming. He, he wouldn't need reprogramming at all. Oh, he could still absolutely read Smith. He could absolutely read Smith. Wait, so, so like, did Child Anakin put that in? Like, how did that happen? Oh, I have so many questions about that. That's. Uh, oh well, do you want me to answer it now, or should we wait until we we get to Episode Nine? Let's because wait until you know, we get to know, Episode Nine. As you know, I've read what? all the books and I've seen all the cartoons, so I know things. So about now Star you know. Wars now that you know. People that just watch movies could never know. Oh, Oi vey. That's a whole thing. Uh, well, and that's another thing. Speaking to this, the VSQ universe, uh, as flawed as it may be, and some people have complaints. I, I remember uh, Mallrats got a lot of complaints when it came out. And it's my absolute favorite. I love I it. Love I love It's so funny. Can't wait uh, to rewatch that one. That's next, right? Mallrats that's next. next. Yeah, that's the next one. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I think it's super special that there is a lot of extended material that involves characters in the VSQ universe, but you can just watch the movies. And it's know what's bonus. going on. It's all bonus. You can right. just watch the movies. Right. You know, he did, he did that comic book Chasing Dogma that's the, that's, that talks about Jane Silent Bob, how they got to Sherman, Illinois, to have Bethany meet them at the top of Dogma. He fills in the blanks, but you don't need it. It's just for you it's if you like you. it. Right. Exactly. I love it. All right. This movie's role in the universe. How does it feel? In the pantheon of movies we've explored, we've seen so many other movies since it. What, what, what do you think it does? Where does it fit? I think that it, it's, it's, right, it's right as you get off the highway. Yeah. You know, it's not in the center of town. It's not, it's not on Main Street. It's not, it's not out near the old, the old railroad, uh, railroad station. It's, it's right as you get off the highway. You, you have to watch this movie. You have to have yeah. seen this movie. If you're, if you're my father... Who, who was born in 1931, nah, you didn't need to see this one before you went. But if you're my older brother, hmm. born in, what, well, he must have been born in 60-something? Yeah, you need, you need to, everyone needs to watch this yeah. film. Its role is prevalent. It's, it's oh, right yeah. there. It's right there. I, I was super young when it came out, but I just remember how fresh and different it was. And I just, I wanted to talk like them, you know? Right. Right. I wanted to talk like them. I thought they were so interesting. Fun fact, 2019, just last year, this was one of 25 movies added to the Library of Congress National Film Registry. See? It's got, it, it has cultural significance. Enough people feel the same way about this film. That like this, it should be preserved. You know, it is, I, I think... It is significant. Especially to, to shoot a black and white film in 1994... I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, he just did it. He just went for it. And yeah, there's 17 chapters. And yeah, I'm just doing it. Yeah, I'm going to tease my next movie. You don't even know who I am. Right, right. You know, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the Mel Brooks thing and cast myself because that's what this generation of filmmaker does. Yeah, cast myself in an iconic, in an iconic role, which we discussed. I may have had some idea about yeah. that you didn't, that you didn't know. You didn't even know. And here, we, and here we are all these years later. Yeah. Fantastic. It's time for the awards. CJ's special award for, hey, you're not Tarantino or Scorsese, 
but people swear a lot in your movie, and I think it's okay, goes to Clerks by Kevin Smith. That is well done. Well done, sir. Uh, I would say Andrew's special award, the award for fighting for sex positivity among elements that would make you afraid of sex. I, I, I applaud that award. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to donate to that award. Because where else, I ask you, where else could you valiantly feel the need as an audience member to defend Veronica's right to suck 37 dicks and be very uncomfortable with the fact that your girlfriend might fuck a dead guy? Yeah. It's the fact that I have that many feelings about sex in one movie, conflicting feelings, it's powerful. It's very powerful. And it's not looked at as a movie about sex at all. No, no, but they have some very but, but sexual these, conversation. These themes are, are there. These things are there. Porn. He watches hermaphrodite porn. Porn, right, right, right. Yes, hermaphrodite porn. saying chicks with dicks. Ugh. Yeah, he wants the best, best of, of both, both worlds. worlds. Best oh, of both worlds. God. He's literally telling us that he has things about sex. Yeah, there's, there's hormones, there's hormones and they're raging among. And he's talking, and he wants to talk about it in his movie. The residents of Asbury Park. Are we, we're in Asbury, I said Red Bank earlier. Are we in Asbury Park? I don't think we're in Asbury Park. I think it's, it's Leonardo. Quick Stop and RST Video are in Leonardo, New Jersey. Got, copy, copy. Good, good. So, all right. Desert Island Top 5 status. Does this make it? You're on a desert island. You can only pick five movies. There's a long, dramatic pause here, but only because I, I, I didn't want to answer too fast. Yeah, I wanted to give. I appreciate that. I wanted to give Clerks the the full thought that it that it deserves. However, I am not taking this movie onto the desert island with me. I'm That's not. okay. That is your right. I'm not. That is your right. I think that there. Are, I think that there are films that I've that I've seen and that I I have. I mean, that I would. Yeah, I need them more than I need clerks. I feel that. I feel that. I think as much as I enjoyed the rewatch, I will always hold beautiful memories of clerks, but it's not it's it doesn't make my desert on top five. Now that being said, I right out of the gate I'm gonna say this is my favorite. No. Cut that from the record. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not. It's not, and I'll 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 will leave it to the, the listeners to listen to the next few episodes to discover what my favorite View Askew Universe movie is. Uh, yeah. but it's not Clerks. Me it's neither. not Clerks. I think I already said I'm, I'm trying to play up the mystery now, but I think I already said what my favorite one was earlier. We'll just we'll just let that we'll just let that go. Yeah, you got to be paying just attention. Yeah. All right, All right. Icon or Wycon? Does it have the status? I think because of the time that it was released, because of the filmmaker that Kevin Smith became, because of the style that the movie uh, was shot in, that it, that it birthed Jay and Silent Bob, that there's an entire state of people who live, eat, and, and breathe Kevin Smith films. Clerks is an iconic film. Fantastic take. Fantastic take. I will say, I think in 20 years, 
when Kevin Smith has like, I think he's going to, he, he'll, within 20 years, he'll probably retire. You know what so, I mean? So 2040, approximately 46 years after its release. I think in 2040, uh, film majors will be studying how to recreate such a unique entrance into the film industry as a director. Like, I think, I think once, once the fanboys calm down about Kevin Smith and Jay and Silent Bob reboot just came out a couple months ago and everyone's excited about, you know, revisiting, we're in the age of nostalgia. And, and I think once we all, once we stop being excited, we can really appreciate, uh, that is quite an entrance for a first-time director. And in the independent film market, and you know that, that no one came to the premiere. There was only one uh, person with any sort of influence that came to the premiere. Uh, I think the guy's name was, was, it was his last name, it was a bird last name. It was like, it, it was like Hawk or, or something. Uh, he happened to be uh, on the advisory selection committee for Sundance. Yep. And he saw Clerks, and that's how it that's how it got to Sundance. But apparently, at the premiere uh, in some you know New York City small film festival or something, uh, no one came except this one guy. It's hilarious, and we've so, we've just we had never seen anything like it. We've never seen anything like it since. I feel like I feel like the movie Waiting could not have existed without the movie Clerks. Agreed. Waiting. Agreed. I, I remember watching Waiting and being like, this is awesome. This is hilarious. I saw this. I've seen this already. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. No, right. absolutely. So like, yeah. it, it just started a whole dynamic of film. And it, it, like I said, it's flawed. The universe is flawed. The film is flawed. But it's beautiful for what it is. I think it's, oh, a, it's, it's so definitely beautiful. an iconic movie. National Film Registry. Yeah. But, you know, not. I don't know. I, I want to look at that list because I'm sure there's some. Like, is Titanic in the National Film Registry? Because I've got opinions. Yeah, well, Victor Garber was in Titanic, so I don't know what love that means. Vic, I don't know what that but means. But I love but, him. He was yeah. also in the movie version of Godspell. Oh, sure, he was. Yeah, he was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. he was. Je- was he? He was Jesus. Yeah, Godspell Jesus, is Jesus. Yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar is Judas. I always. Yeah, yeah. There, there is it's, some mix-up that different. happens in my brain. Well, also in Godspell is weird because like John the Baptist and Judas are the same actor. Right. That's yeah. Right. John the Baptist 60s. got his head cut off. You know. They beheaded John the Baptist. Yeah, that's they, the Salome plot, right? They being the Romans, I believe. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I, you know what's funny? I was raised in church and I just, I've just forgotten so much. Yeah. Oh, well. CJ, this was fun. I agree. And I'm I am, we did this. I am looking forward to the next time and I apologize to our listeners if there's any sound kerfuffles because I'm recording uh, not on my original intended source. So if I Listen, sound like crap, it's, that's, that's on me. That's on Listen, me. But you, you came around and you did it. I'm sure my audio is not going to be. It's, it's, it's the first episode tradition. Yeah, I think, you know, until we get sponsored by Squarespace, we're just going to have to deal with some of these things. Listen, right now we're sponsored by Quarantine Life and Friendship. Amazing. So what is our, what is our sign off? How do we, how do we get out of this? Uh, I don't know. What are you feeling like? Where are you at? I, I thought we could find it organically. I don't know. Oh, we'll sleep on it. We'll sleep we'll on it. Sleep, Clerks we'll is an icon. I had a joy talking to you about it. I had a ball rewatching it. Well, we're going to, we're going to be back next time with 
an in-depth look at Mallrats. Oh, love Mallrats. Which takes place one day before, before the events of Clerks. Yes, because Julie Dwyer's death figures prominently into its McGovern. We are excited. We are excited that you were here with us today, and we can't wait. Till next time. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. Good night, CJ. Good day, sir. <laughs>